you to the services of the Boonville Church of Christ. I see we've got a crowd of people coming in. It's so good to see you here this morning. It was great last Sunday to see us break the 300 barrier again. If you're visiting with us, you're our honored guest. I know we may have several uh, joining us on social media and you're welcome as well. In our services this morning, uh, Brother Jordan Coates is going to be leading our singing. Brother Luther Mormon has our opening prayer, Sam English, the scripture reading. Brother Ken Forrest will have the lesson this morning. Chris Langley will lead us as we observe the Lord's Supper, and Randy Moore will have our announcements and closing prayer. 
There are several announcements in the bulletin, but one that uh, was left out is the Golden Circle Luncheon will be this Tuesday at 11.30, and you are invited to uh, join us for that. Sister Sue Mason has requested that we remember her brother, Ricky Ross, who's in a serious condition in our prayers. Would you bow with me as we begin this morning? Our loving Heavenly Father, we're so thankful that we can assemble to worship you. We pray that all we do would be pleasing in your sight. We're so thankful, Father, for the blessings that you bestow upon us, especially the blessing of prayer. And we pray that you would be with uh, Sister Sue Mason's brother, Ricky Ross, and make sure that the things that are administered to him would help his health. We, we pray for improvement. We ask now that you be with us in this worship service. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Morning. First song this morning will be Blessed Assurance. Blessed Oh! 
song before the opening prayer this morning will be highest place. We place you on the highest place. all pray together this morning our father in heaven we give our thanks for this another lord day morning assembly we're thankful father that we live in a land where we can assemble together and worship thee father without fear from those without we're thankful father the congregation of people we pray father that we'll strive to Spread thy word throughout the community and the world and be good examples of those that are without. We're so thankful for our elders, Father, and we pray for them, Father, that they'll look to thee for guidance and that will be a guiding hand in everything they decided that they watch for our souls. We're thankful, Father, for those faces we see this morning have been out a while. And we pray for those that are still sick and unable to come, Father. I think that would bless them and 
they may recover and be back with us once again. We're thankful, Father, for Brother Ken, and we pray for him this morning. I give him a good membership study, and we'll listen very close and grow in spirit. And we pray, Father, as we serve thee, that we'll grow in number and be able to spread that word throughout the world. Pray for those that ask to enter into prayer, for those that's unable to come, Father. We're thankful for thy son who willingly gives his life for the church and establish his church and let us be a member of it. And we're so thankful, Father, that when life is over, that he'll give the church back to his father. After that, be with us, service this day, and if we have committed sin, Father, I beg your forgiveness. That we repent and turn from those things, Father. When our life is over, it's our prayer that that will save us up in glory. In Christ's name, amen. If you're willing and able, I'd like for us to stand for the next couple songs before the lesson this morning. <clears throat> As the mountains surround their hills, so the
Celebration song will be coming to me. And uh, you may be seated. <laughs> song for the lesson be it as well with my soul. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. 
Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Good morning, everyone. Maybe you will agree with me when I make this statement. I sure hate being sick. Anybody agree? Luther agrees with me. I hate it so much. Now, Dale asked me yesterday evening, he said, well, you know, all those times I called you, you seemed better. And I was like, you called me? Felt kind of embarrassed. Really didn't remember all those calls. Slept a lot. Your experience with COVID may be super light. In fact, you may not have even known you had it, as was the case with Larry. Went in for something else and found out he had COVID. And for others, it's very extreme, even involving hospitalization. And for others, like myself and my wife's situation was the same, second round with it. Just, I don't know, took a lot out of us, but we have recovered relatively quickly, I think. But ask me anything about the last week or so, and I'll smile and nod my head probably, but honestly, <laughs> I don't want to go so far as to say I'm lying to you because I'm telling you now. I just, I really don't remember much of it, but I'm so thankful and Many of you did, apparently, <laughs> uh, call and check on us. I know that folks sent food and other happies. We didn't know about happies till we moved to Mississippi. But I just, I want to tell you how much I really, really am thankful for you and thankful for this congregation. And I can't begin to thank everybody who is due a thanks, but I did want to I did want to thank one person publicly, and that is Doug. Really appreciate Doug stepping up and preaching on relatively short notice and then teaching the Bible class for me. Aren't we blessed to have Doug here? I'm really thankful for you, Doug, and appreciate that so much. Before we start today, we're going to pray to God that he'll bless us in that study. And it's not just... It's not just a study as though we're in a Bible class. For us, in the midst of these periods of worship, we're doing just that in this time. We're meditating on God's Word. We're looking for God to touch our hearts. And in our praise and adoration of Him through our meditation, uh, we are contacting God through that means. That, that makes this very special. It's not a time for making our reservations or appointments for lunch or thinking about what we're going to do tomorrow. Now's our time to commune with God and His Word. And I pray that this period will be especially worshipful for you today. Let's pray together. Our Father in Heaven, thank You for this day, first day of the week. Thank You for the Great privilege, blessing, opportunity. However we can coin the phrase, 
we're grateful to be able to stand in your presence and to offer worship to you. We have poured out our hearts in all these areas this morning, and now we're opening our hearts as we dwell and feast upon your word today. And I pray that this text here, which is an expression of Jesus' desire to be with us, I pray that this will become the springboard from which we will, if not just wholly make the decision to follow you, that if we've already made that decision, it'll strengthen us and help us be more appreciative of what it is that we have in our relationship with Jesus. I pray, Lord, that you'll help me communicate these few things that I've prepared in really in the way that I intended to. And I pray that those who hear these words, that these words will make an impression on their heart. You'll make them stronger as a result, especially in this relationship. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Okay, so tomorrow is Valentine's Day. I even have my one Valentine tie on. Don't ask any questions, but it's got hearts and the Tasmanian devil on it. You know what these are? This one actually says, maybe it's a copyright infringement issue, I don't know. On the front it says, conversation hearts. When I was growing up, we called them bee mines. Inside are these kind of chalky pieces of candy, little mints, and they have phrases on them. One of the phrases, the popular one that I just expressed, was be mine. Uh, This one has things like, I love you, um, my love, you get the idea, I'll give you this piece of candy, the words on it will express, you know, how I feel about you. When we were kids, We handed these out. Be mine. Aside from just kids sharing Valentines with one another, or maybe in school making a box, hoping that it will be flooded with beautiful sentiments of love in them. Aside from boxes of candy that express our words, The very idea of being someone's is a powerful expression, isn't it? Jesus says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Could we just express it with those two words? Jesus says, be mine. You know, the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 4, verse 9, actually through verse 12 is the whole idea, but he starts off by telling us something that we might otherwise know is true, and that two are better than one. He says that's true in some cases because, well, when two work together, they get more work done, so their reward is greater. 
Or let's say that they were walking by the way and one of them fell down, the other could help lift him up. Or if we were in a cold situation, if you had another body nearby, you could share body warmth. Or in a fight, you know, someone having your back, that will help you to win the battle. It's always good to have someone with you. Two truly are better than one. And Jesus really expresses some of the same kinds, at least parallel thoughts, in this text. Maybe it's not a reward that we seek, but who would deny that rest is certainly a great reward? Or when we fall down in need of someone to help us, Jesus says, I'm I'm ready to yoke up with you and walk with you along the way. Or maybe it is that we've become cold and in need of warmth. Jesus says, well, you yoke with me and you you can learn from me. You can benefit spiritually in growth. Or in the case of those who walk together, if we're in a fight, we have the support and encouragement, someone to watch our back. Jesus says, I've got your back. I'll take some of the load of the burdens that you bear. Jesus wants us to be his. But you might look at that and realize, you know, to be Jesus's, especially in some of the conditions that he expresses here, I'm pretty sure that that's going to require some things of me. So what are the expectations in this relationship if I am to be his? Well, you know, be mine. That would be a call to salvation, and I love it. I think about Jesus' promise in the Sermon on the Mountain that those who are of a poor spirit, they will be able to possess the kingdom of heaven. Matthew chapter 5, verse 3. It's theirs, he says. Oh, then, Jesus, I want to be yours. You know, I want to benefit from from possession of the kingdom of heaven. I want to be a part of all that you had to say about the glorious place that I can have with you and the Father and the saints of all time. But that idea to be his would require a a poverty of spirit. That is a, a humility putting down of my own will and the resurrection of His will in its place. I've got to submit in that way. I've got to, got to empty, as it were, my spirit in order to make that possible. I think in terms of my salvation of, I guess for lack of a better word, the idea of Him confessing that that is true, of somebody truly having my back and and making that announcement. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 28, Jesus says, Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him I also will confess before my Father in heaven. But he who denies me before men, him will I deny before my Father in heaven. Hey, I want to be Jesus's, then... I'm going to have to live my life in such a way as to confess this relationship. And then in turn, all that I'm hoping in Jesus, in terms of salvation, 
well, those will be mine. I'll be able to enjoy that. But it's requiring something of me, right? I think about the bounty that's found in this relationship of salvation in the remission of sin spoken of in Acts chapter 2, verse 38. But that's contingent upon, of course, having learned about Jesus as the Son of God, which prompted in the audience in that particular place, in that setting, to ask what they needed to do to be saved, which then would bear down on me too. If I, I truly believe He's the Son of God, then what else? He told them to repent and let every one of them be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission or the forgiveness of their sins, and they'd receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You and I, we, we, can, we can have in this saved situation, uh, being His, a remission or a forgiveness of sins that we have committed if we'll just repent and be baptized, submit to the gospel. And then I think about the continuance of it. It isn't just that in this moment I can enjoy that. The idea is that having been freed from my sins and enjoying that remission of sins, that if I will walk in the light as He is in the light, I can have fellowship with Him. And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, will continue, literally continue to cleanse me, to cleanse us of all sin. 1 John chapter 1 and verse 7. Jesus says, hey, be mine. That's a call, the call to salvation. I'm wondering, as you reflect on those things, have you answered that call? Are you His? Jesus also says, be mine, which is a call to service. You know, okay, I'm saved, now what? Well, you know, let's get busy. Let's, let's be involved in some things. You and I, as children of God, we, we are vessels. And in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 21, we find out that we're a vessel of honor We've been sanctified and useful for the Master. Wait, I want to stop right there. I don't, I don't know what you think of yourself. A lot of times we're hard on ourselves, speak negatively of ourselves. No matter what we do, sometimes we, we frame it in a kind of a dark light. I could have done more, or what's wrong with me? may even really condescend to ourselves. Offer up all manner of insults. Jesus, I don't want you to think that way. When you're in league with me, if, if you are mine, I want you to know, just, just right now in this moment, I want you to know how special you are to me. As you house the benefits in you, I, I guess we could say all spiritual blessings, as you house them in you, here's what I want you to know about yourself. That you are a vessel of honor. You are sanctified. You're set apart. You are holy in my sight because of it. And you are, and I love this, and if this doesn't put fuel in your tank, I don't know what will. You are useful for the Master in accomplishing His work. Is that what we want to be, what we strive to be? As much as I might belittle myself, the Lord says, here's how I see you. And I see you as competent. 
And so if I am that competent, then I want to know that when I am His, then I'm able to accomplish a great work for the Lord. And when I begin that work, I'm not going to back down. So 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58 reminds us to be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Uh, you may wonder, why is it, Ken, that almost every time before you preach a sermon, you will pray that you don't get in the way of the message? I mean, Ken, if anybody's going to get in the way of the message, it will be you. Maybe it's because you don't say what you intended to say, or you say it in a different way, or you say it like you meant to, and it just, you know, it falls flat. Listen, the reason that I would dare ask God to help me is because I know I can be incompetent. I know I'm not perfect. But I do also know that as a vessel of honor, sanctified and useful for His purposes, that in this work, I'm going to give it everything that I've got. And whatever skill I can bring to bear for the communication of that truth, I'm going to bring it. And I'm not going to back down or step back from it. Be steadfast, immovable, and always abound in the work of the Lord. Because in that, you can know that your labor is not, not in vain. It's going to accomplish. Well, it's going to accomplish something good because it's the Lord's work. I know that if I'll commit myself to that manner of thinking, then as I'm using the Word of God, that not only is it going to, it's going to go out and it's going to touch another life, as it has touched me, <laughs> or if you're the communicator, as, as it has touched you, it's also going to make an impression and change you. That's why 2 Timothy chapter 3, 16 and 17 is so powerful. It isn't just about the inspiration of Scripture, but about what that Scripture can do to you. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. It is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. That can be you in the handling of God's work. Be His, and then let that Word work on you and through you. And when, and when you allow that, then I think 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 comes to bear. The text says that He will, God will, exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon Him, for He cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He's looking to eat you up. Where am I going to stay? Lord, can I, can I be yours? Because I, if I am yours, then I'm confident that I'm responding to the call for service. Well, let's stop and ask this question. Are you responding to that call for service? Maybe it is you've enjoyed salvation, but what about the service aspect? You see the power of God working through you? And Jesus says, be mine. It's, it's the call to separation. Okay, you probably already understand this concept. I'm going to be separated from the world, right? I've been called out of darkness into His marvelous light. In the book of John, chapter 8 and verse 12, Jesus identifies himself 
as the light. He says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Now, now wait, stop. This isn't a disconnect sort of idea. It isn't, oh, okay, I commit myself to Jesus, I'll follow him. Now, disconnected, I'll go and I'll do my thing. I'll study the Bible, I'll get the facts, I'll distribute the facts. That's not what he's expressing here. He's talking about this whole idea that came first from our text in Matthew 11, right? Of being yoked together with Jesus. The idea of yoking literally was a, a wooden set that bound two animals together. It was a, basically a, a form and a harness. And those two animals joined together would multiply the benefits of either one of them. If one were stronger than the other, then the weaker one would become stronger as a result of the other. If they were mutual, that is, if they were equals in the process, then they would just together encourage and build one another up to the maximum state of performance. Jesus says, I am yoked with you. (laughs) I want you with me. And I think, wait, what? Jesus, the light of the world, you want me? A a sinner, one who was brought up in darkness, you want me with you? (laughs) Yes. You know, the thing that motivates Jesus this way is love. He loves us so much. He loves us all for an eternity. And so his desire is, yes, to yoke up with us and to help carry us along and to bear those burdens that we bring into the relationship. Oh, Jesus. So not only is he He the light and we're walking in step with the light, so as long as we're walking with him and we're in the light, we're good. But take that another step. Later in that same chapter, chapter 8, verse 32 You shall know the truth, the truth shall set you free. Well, there's the reality of it, right? We're slaves to sin. We've been hooked up with the world. Now we've divested ourselves, I hope we have, of the world and we've been yoked to Jesus. Jesus says, walk in my light. And as you do that, you're going to transcend all the untruths and the lies that the world's been telling you and you're going to be awash in the truth. I love it. What do we do in that process? Well, James chapter 4, beginning verse 7 says, submit, submit to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. And what will he do? He will lift you right up. Isn't that the great, beautiful benefit of being His? He's not leaving us behind. And even when we stumble and fall, if we're still yoked together with Him, He'll just lift us right back up. We can fight the devil. And we can win being yoked up, being together with Jesus. In fact, so much so is that true that 1 John Chapter 5 and verse 4 says that here's the thing by which we are able to overcome the world. And it is this little thing called our faith. Who is it we have faith in? Where is our faith founded? It is in Jesus. Where's Jesus? (laughs) He's right here. He's yoked up together with us. 
All he does is he calls out, be mine, be mine. But I wonder how we respond. Do we respond for salvation? Do we respond for service to him? Do we respond by being separated from everything else to truly be yoked together with him? I wonder. Well, that's for you to wonder right now. Are you separated? Have you come that far? Maybe the greatest expression of it, and if you thought the greatest expression was the one I started with, that was salvation, or, or service, the demonstration of it, or, or even separateness of being different from the world. All those are great and grand ideas, and in practice, they certainly are what we aspire to, but the thing that I'm really thankful for, being His, is that call to sonship. Jesus, I say, the Son of God. Yes, but yoked up with Jesus. You know, He's bringing us along with Him. You see that? Yoked together with Jesus, the Son of God. Uh, One way that's expressed, Matthew chapter 5, verse 9, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. My brother Kevin was in the Coast Guard, and one year for Christmas, he sent me this mug, beautiful, has the waves on it and a a lighthouse. It's pretty neat. And it had this inscription on it. It said, blessed are the peacekeepers. And then it had that text, Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. Well, I sat there on my desk for a long time until I kind of studied that for a minute, and I thought, wait a minute. That is not, what that says on that cup, while that is, you know, flattering for the Coast Guard and peace, by the way, love, love armed forces, great, but I thought this cup is misleading. Jesus is not saying, blessed are the peacekeepers. Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers. Those who will go the extra mile. Do the extra work to see to it that those who are alienated from God can be united with God. To have peace with God. To make peace between God and men. Not a peacekeeper, as though that peace exists and we're just going to protect it. I'm thankful that we have armed services that can do that, but I don't need that spiritually. I don't need to stay where I am. I need to move forward. I need to be in relationship with God. And he says, blessed are you if you are the person who makes that peace. You are a son of God. Son of God. Another way that's expressed is in Romans chapter 8 and verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. You received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father, I understand. You've studied it before or heard it probably, the expression of Abba being a very endearing, personal word that you would say to your literal parent. No, not just Father, but you're my Abba. You're, you're, my, you're my daddy, as it were. I feel close to you. I have have close binding love and affection for you. You're the one. 
We don't speak of God as though He is the, the Creator God who's over there and we are far away. We talk about God as though He is near. He is right here. We are sons of God. We're His children. And not that we were born into it and had no choice. We are the adopted children of God. It is all about choice. And as Jesus said here in this setting, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. I want you. God wants us. God wants us so desperately bad that He sent His Son to die for us. So yeah, children of God or Son of God and being a child of God, according to verse 17 of that text, means that we are joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with Him, that we may also be glorified together. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. As children of God, it isn't like we're on the outside looking in. We are in. We are His children. We are known. We are yoked together with Him. We are His. I wonder with you today, are you, do you fancy yourself that way? A son or daughter of God. Look, when you think about being Christ's, that's a big deal. A lot of big decisions in that. A lot of commitment. But I know on Jesus' part and on God's part, they're all in about it. Jesus says, be mine. It's a call to salvation. It's a call to service. It's a call to separation. It's a call to sonship. Are you ready to answer that call? Jesus wants you to be His. If you're already His, but you've fallen short in some way, today's a perfect day to make that right. Let's pray together. Let's recommit ourselves to walk in the light as He is in the light and enjoy the continual cleansing of the blood of Jesus. If you're not a child of God today, He wants you to be His. Won't you respond to the gospel's call today and be saved? The Lord will add you to the church, but as, as we've seen, it's, you know, it's a bigger sentiment, deeper sentiment than that. I'll be His. If there's anyone who needs to respond, now's your opportunity. Won't you come up if you need to while we stand together and sing?
for the Lord's Supper this morning. We will be singing Thomas' song, number 269.
As we come to this part of our worship service, before we start, if you have not received one of your emblems, uh, one of the ushers will be by. Just raise your hand high so they can see you. Today we learned about Jesus' desire for us to be his. Before all of these events took place, before his death, in Matthew 23, and I believe also in Luke 13, Jesus laments over the city of Jerusalem. He says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her? How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. A lot of comparisons there, and one is of a chicken, of all things. If you've ever been around a little chick, you pick them up and you just about squeeze them to death just by the grip of your hand. They're totally defenseless. So why would Christ use a hen and a chick to compare how he wants us to be his? When you think about what the, the chicken is doing, does she care for her hens? Yes, she does. Why do they not com uh, compare the rooster? Well, roosters tend to fight with each other all day. Not really the great comparison that you'd want. But as far as the hen gathers her chickens under her wings, why does she gather under her, her wings? Because they are totally defenseless. And that chicken, that hen, is willing to give her life, use her body as protection. Ugh. Thank you, Jordan, for that song right before. You just put me in a space. <laughs> but isn't that what Christ does? He was willing to come to this earth, use his body, which is what we will observe here in a little bit with the breaking of the bread, and then give his life through the suffering of the cross, giving up his blood for our sins. So that's just one thing to think about as we partake of this uh, memorial today. And isn't it great that we do this every week? Because some weeks you may not feel like you needed that. Some days, weeks, you might feel that, you, you know, you're in the spirit and you, you don't need that, uh, that comfort that this gives us. But some days you might feel like you're all alone and you're totally defenseless. Isn't it great that we have this weekly memorial that we can remember our Savior who came to this earth and gave up his life for us so that we could be protected forever in eternity. If you would take your emblems now, we'll protect the bread. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this bread which represents Christ's body that was given up for us to protect us, live among us so that we would be prepared to face the wiles of the devil and, and live with you in eternity. Heavenly Fathers, we partake of this memorial. May we do so remembering his sacrifice for our, 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 our lives. This I pray in your son's name. Amen.
will now continue our thanks with the blessing of the fruit of the vine. Heavenly Father, as we continue this memorial, we acknowledge that a price had to be paid for our sins, and it was Christ's blood. As we partake of this fruit of the vine, which represents his blood, may we do so in a manner that would be well-pleasing in your sight. This is our prayer in your son's name. Amen. That concludes the Lord's Supper. Um, we've also been commanded as uh, uh, children of God to lay by and store, which is uh, our offering each first of the day of the week. Uh, we have several ways to do that, uh, as we all know, uh, including some uh, offering boxes at the back of the building. Uh, but let's, let's give God thanks and glory for what we uh, have, what we intend to do with this offering. Heavenly Father, we thank your, you so much for everything that you do for us. And Father, we now come to you bearing gifts that we would hope that would be used to further your kingdom, that would be able to help those who are needed to be helped of, of your number. And Father, as we do this, may we do so with gladness of heart and expect that good things are going to come of it. This is our prayer in your son's name. Amen. Good morning, and thank you for being here on this beautiful Sunday morning. We had 275 in services this morning and an unknown number listening in on the Internet. I have several announcements and several cards this morning. Attention visitation team members. Visitation assignments may be picked up today at the Welcome Center in the foyer at the back of the church. All boys who are participating in Lads to Leaders speech need to meet with Stephen at 4.45 p.m. this afternoon in the little chapel. I have several cards here. Dear church family, we wanted to thank all of you for the many prayers you continually lifted up for Austin. The doctors tell us that he is in remission. Those were the best words to hear. However, they do not change his course of treatment. He will continue chemo at St. Jude for about the next three years. Keep praying that God will heal his body and keep him in good spirits. We love all of you and appreciate you more than you can ever know. Signed, John and Wilda Gardner, Jessica, David, Austin, Colton, and Dustin Wentz. I am so thankful for your prayers and the cards. I think we could feel all of your prayers. Things got better. Dave is still in the hospital. I hope he gets well soon. Please keep praying. I'm so lonesome and lost without my dear Otis. On February the 13th, we were married for 57 years. It was all good. Thanks again. Love to all of you. Signed, 
Erica Davis. I want to thank you for all your concerns during my sickness, the calls, cards, food, and most of all, the prayers. In Christian love, Virginia Mormon. Dear church family, we wanted to thank you for all of your prayers, calls, and food while Ken was sick and our daughter delivering a newborn. We were exhausted but happy and blessed grandparents. Signed, Love, Ken and Anita. That is all the announcements I have this morning. Would you please stand for our closing prayer? Our dear, most kind and gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we do once again thank you for this wonderful day that we've had the opportunity to come out and study your word once again. Lord, we pray that what we've learned, may we apply it to our lives and may as a result we better serve you. Thank you most of all, Lord, for your son Jesus who died on the cross of Calvary for the sins of the world. Forgive us, Lord, wherein we have sinned against you. For this we ask in Christ's name. Amen.